In your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me, if you would please, to the book of Galatians, chapter 1 and verse 11. <clears throat> Brother Jim, I think it was, asked me a question this week. And he, he asked me, uh, why does one denomination, and I'll not mention the name, Why do they hate we Baptists with such a venom and such a harshness uh, that uh, it's hard to explain? I'll just quote you their favorite doctrine, and that way I won't get anybody mad at me. Repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. See, now, I haven't called in names. But they hate Baptist, not folks, doctrine. See? And actually, anybody who adds anything to grace to be saved hate Baptist. The same way that they hated the Apostle Paul. And he's writing Galatians and he has also written Romans to defend himself and to defend the gospel and the doctrine of grace. In the New Testament... Many times it is not baptism that bothers people. It's circumcision that is the problem. Because it was demanded and commanded by Moses under the law. And when the Mosaic system was set up, every Jew boy was to be circumcised at a certain age. It was a brand, if you please. It was an outward manifestation of an inward devotion to God Jehovah. Now, baptism in our day is not synonymous. But baptism to a Christian is the uniform. It's the outward manifestation of an inward faith. But we do not believe you have to be baptized to be saved. We think that if you are saved, you will want to be baptized. But we do not believe that you are baptized to be saved. Muddy water on an empty head does not get anybody to heaven. And so in the scripture tonight, Paul is defending himself and defending his apostleship, but is also trying to nail down these false teachers that follows him everywhere in the New Testament according to Acts chapter 15. And it seemed like everywhere Paul went after he got there, somebody would creep in. It's kind of like when a Baptist fellow goes soul winning and wins somebody to the Lord. 
And then teach them how to be faithful. And teach them what the scripture says about stewardship. That's when everybody moves in and says the Baptist is all wrong. And they try to proselyte that bird to their group. And that's what was happening in Paul's ministry. And he's writing to defend himself, first of all, and to defend his message. And just for a little introduction, we'll read verse 11 through 21. And we'll talk about tonight no other gospel. Our theme is saved by, saved by grace and living by faith. And if you're not living by faith, you've been cheated out of a, a lot of Christian experience. Amen. I love seeing God do things. I just, I just, uh, you know, I, I love to watch God just work for my good. You know, I, I've done that for 40 some years. And years ago, I used to go through like a bull in a china closet and clean things out and straighten things out. Now I just sit back and watch God do it. That way they can get mad at God, not at me. If they make a mistake, I didn't fire them or I didn't run them off or I didn't do this, I didn't do that. I just watched God move the checkers. And I'm sure glad he's in charge of that. Are you glad of that? I'm glad he's in charge of that. And I'm, I'm glad I'm not in charge of the membership at the Joshua Baptist Church. I'm, I'm glad he is. All right, now look at your Bible, verse number 11. And Paul is defending not only his apostleship and uh, his authority to preach the gospel, but he's also defending the gospel. Now, young folk, uh, I'd like to ask you, I will try to make this interesting, and uh, it's interesting to me. But things that interest me may not interest you. You know, the cell phone you got in your lap right now, that don't interest me a bit. I can leave mine at home, and I do on purpose a lot of times. Uh, text, I have nothing to text anybody about. We just send up a smoke signal. Kimasabe, here I am. And that way I don't have to worry about getting an answer. Amen? So uh, I'm not interested at all with anything probably you're interested in. I'm not interested in basketball. I played about 20 years ago. Almost broke my back. We put that gym in down there. I was used to doing 360 slam dunks. Hit my head against the rim, and I thought, sure, I was going to kill myself. So I quit doing that, all right? So, but I hope you're interested in what God would have you interested in. Now, if you folk want to know anything about anything, this is the thing right here you need to talk to. You want to know why I use the King James Bible? Bring all your ammunition. Amen. Sit down in my office and I'll show you just how ignorant you are. Amen. If you're trying to use anything but the King James Bible. Amen. Now if you think you've got to be baptized to be saved, come in there. And I'll show you why you're not saved. If you believe that. Amen. Don't go anywhere but here. Because the buck stops the office. And I bet you there is a good reason why we do what we do with what we do. Amen. When we do. I, I can't imagine. Is Brother Brian around here anywhere? Brother Brian. 
If one of our students in our school bucks you about the King James Bible, kick him out. Now, kids, if you think I'm kidding, try me. Just kick him out, Brian. You say, what mom and daddy going to do? Anything they want to. I do not need a snivel-nosed kid who can't even pass the course arguing with anybody about what kind of Bible you use. Did you get that smoke signal? Anybody understand that? Pass it along. And if you don't like it, you can butt a stump too. Now we'll have fun. The Bible says, <laughs> I like seeing faces when they just like to grab me and shake me till my teeth shakes. Please don't do that. I, I got false teeth. Verse 11, but I certify you. If you need a notary stamp, Paul says, I got it. I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. Underline that Jews' religion. He didn't say a mosaic system. He did not say Judaism. He said Jews' religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation. Being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Paul has given his testimony now to the church at Galatia. And he's saying, the message that I preached while I was there, I did not get it from the church of Jerusalem. I did not get it from Dr. Fudunk or Dr. Dowdit or Dr. Ain't Never Done It. I did not get it from man. I did not receive it from man. I received it from Jesus Christ. You got that? And he said, I am not a deadbeat. Before I got saved, I profited more than any of my equals In the Jews' religion, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was in line to be the high priest. Paul sat at the feet of Gamal. Paul authored about 14 books of the New Testament. Paul is a theologian in his own right. And we've got a bunch of Judaizers, a bunch of those folks who steeped in the tradition of their fathers running around behind Paul saying he's a counterfeit. His message is not real, and you've got to be circumcised to be saved. Notice he said, 
the traditions of my father. I wonder just how many traditions we Baptists are hanging on to. I just wonder, now honest, you know, we, we, we say the Apostle Paul uh, confronted the traditions of his day. I wonder these young folk right over here. I mean, they're raised in Baptist homes. Uh, they go to, most of them, to a Baptist school. Uh, most of them have a good Bible. I wonder if they believe that deacons should run the church. Uh, I, I wonder if they could find me a trustee board in the Bible. I, I wonder where they'd go in the Bible to verify Wednesday night services. Now, we, we run traditions down from the other folk. But folk, one of the most outlandish, misunderstood things in the, in the Baptist church is a Baptist deacon. I mean, in the Bible, they give them no authority at all. They're servants. That's what they do. They serve. They serve so that the preacher and the staff can study and preach and do the work of the ministry. They didn't have deacons meeting to make sure that the preacher was straight and to make sure his payment is within line. Church vote. The church is the democracy. Really, I thought it was a theocracy. Majority rules. <laughs> Have you checked out the Bible? How would you like to have the majority voting when Moses stand at the Red Sea? <laughs> now, I don't care whether you like this or not. But this is not a steeped in the wool Baptist church. This is a New Testament Baptist church. And we go by the New Testament, not by the Baptist way book written by the, by the uh, missionary Baptists that don't believe in missionaries. My uncle was a missionary Baptist preacher. I was an independent Baptist preacher. I went and preached for Uncle Hugh, and he said, why are you an independent Baptist? I said, I don't know. Why are you a missionary Baptist? He said, well, we believe missionaries. I said, how many you support? He said, none. I said, we support 100. Maybe we're missionary, and you're independent. Uh, you know... Let's not run Paul down much because his religion and his zeal was all wrapped up, not in Bible, not in scripture, but in, in traditions. Please, before you get married, don't listen to your Abdist Baptist who don't tithe on how to treat your wife. Because the only verse that most Baptist men know is wives submit. And they don't even understand submit. But tradition, tradition, tradition. And Paul is saying, look, I'm not a traditionist. Yeah, I got out of that when I got saved, he said. And, and I come out of the traditions 
come out of the religion of my traditional fathers. And he says, I just came out of that. Now, verse 15, please. And the Bible said, but when it pleased God. Now, notice it. Notice this. How, what if, listen, what if Paul's mother had have had an abortion? You wouldn't be saved tonight. There'd be no churches in America. And we'd still be steeped in the tradition of the Jewish fathers. Notice this next verse. Man, this is stout. The Bible said, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. God don't have a plan for you. God knew you when you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye. And God had a plan for you. And when you were born, God had a plan for you. Wow. It's hard for me to fathom how that God could take me from a little hard rock farm, 30 acres, that's what one farm was. My dad bought another one, about 30 acres. And took me off that little hard rock farm, moved me to California, finished my education, brought me to Texas, started a business for another company. And I later started my own business in Texas and learned how to deal with banks and learned business procedures. And one night, an independent Baptist preacher walked in my house and led me to Christ. I wonder if God separated me and you from our mother's womb and had a divine mission for us to follow. Now, kids, I know this over your head. I, I know this probably over your head. But what if God was involved in your conception, in your nine months, your mother carried you, that God himself took the scalpel of love and separated you from your mother's womb and called you to be special for him. Not to be a self-thinker, but to be a God-thinker. Not to be cocky and boisterous, but to be humble and submissive to your parents. That your life might bring honor and glory to God. What if God separated you for a divine purpose and you've been too busy doing what you want to do to submit what God wants? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad the Apostle Paul, I'm glad he just surrendered without any reservation, aren't you? Of course, if what happened to him on the road to Damascus happened to you, probably you'd probably repent too. After he got slapped off that donkey, hit flat of his back, looked straight up in the air at that shining light, and he said, Lord, that'll do it for you every time, won't it? Notice, he said, and he has called me by his grace. To do what? Now look at this, kids. Look at this, mom. Look at this, dad. 
to reveal his son in me. You know what people ought to see when he sees us? His son. His son. To reveal his son in me that I might preach unto among him among the heathen and immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went unto Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And after three years, I wonder why that a divinity degree is three years. I wonder why when God called an old boy from behind the plow handles back yonder in Tennessee and Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio, Texas. And he called him from behind those plow handles and his education was lacking. He moved him off to Fort Worth, downtown Fort Worth, to the old Bible Baptist Seminary. Where the Dr. Norris and Dr. Insminger said... We'll take them behind the plowshares and put them in a pulpit. And they did that and they built the largest churches in America. Wonder why a divinity degree is three years. You think maybe somebody read this text and said, Paul, I had a three year education. On the backside of the desert in Arabia. And after I got my divinity degree. Three years with Jesus. I went back to Damascus. I knew you knew that. And after three years. I went up to Jerusalem. To see Peter. And abode with him 15 days. And others the apostles. Saw I none save James the Lord's brother. Now things which I write unto you. Behold before God. I lie not. Paul is just merely defending himself, telling them where he got his message, where he got his education. Actually, this is Paul's resume. You know, nowadays, if somebody has a church like this and the pastor pass off the scene, you'd have a truckload of resumes in no time. And they'd come filing in about old Dr. Dufunk has done greater things than the Apostle Paul. He's done everything except build a church. He's good at spending. Good at going to the mission fields at the church expense. And just a wide world traveler. Now, verse 2, I want, I'm in chapter 2, verse 2, and I want to show you. Paul's got a problem. He needs to be accepted by the church at Jerusalem. And there's a, there's a conflict now in what Paul is preaching and what some of those folk from the Jerusalem church believe. Paul believes you're saved through faith, by grace, through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. How many folk believe that? Now, if somebody comes to your house and says, you've got to be baptized to be saved, 
you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to accept that, right? Did I tell you about the time I when this boy of the Lord sitting on the couch and his mother sitting right across, she's listening all the time. And I'd taken him down the Roman road, and I'd got to the prayer. And I said, now, young man, if you just bow your head right now, uh, I'll pray for you. And then if you'd like, you can, you can be saved. Okay. I bowed my head and started praying. And I heard something go, boom, boom. I woke up, man. I said, what's wrong? Here come mama through the house with a dishpan and a big wood spoon beating on that bottom of that pan just to interrupt her son getting saved and becoming a Baptist. Brother Jim was told this week, if he comes to church, some of his kinfolk will hate him the rest of his life if he comes to this church. See, these Jews are not the only one has venom in their mouth and in their voice for grace. There's folks that believe in baptism or baptismal regeneration. There's folks that believe if you sprinkle a baby, that that sprinkling brings that baby back to a state of neutrality. And now you can choose which way you'll go. There's those folks who believe when you're baptized, the water applies the blood to your life and washes your sins away. They don't like us. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about whether you wear shorts in your backyard or not. I'm talking about something important, doctrine. I'm talking about something that will send people to hell. I'm talking about something that Jesus Christ died for. Yesterday or this week sometime, somebody tried to get Andrew and I involved in a, in a joint effort down at the Joshua schools. And, and I said, well, I, I, I just probably need to read a, 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 a doctrinal statement. Everything's fine until I got down there. We believe in the one church, the Catholic, the apostate church that everybody is baptized into one body. But they're getting people saved. Not if they believe that or not. Grace plus anything is too much. Now you get that right. You got to get that right. Uh, You see, I I can deal with a church full of fornicators. All I got to do is preach on sin, buddy, and I nail that. Something else to handle all this different hellish doctrine that comes in. Well, I feel. I don't care what you feel. What does the Bible say? Which Bible? Which Bible? I saw a preacher preach the other day. Had three translations on his pulpit. And he said, now this point is better applied in this translation. I can't use this translation for this point because this is a different point. I got another translation over here that makes this point. And what he was doing, he had no point at all. They were all his points. 
and not God's points. So you've you got to be careful. Now watch this. Paul's got to be accepted. You say, what time is it? Five more minutes. Five more minutes, please. Just, just five more minutes. That's all. Please just. Then 14 years, he said in verse 1, 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. So now he's going to Jerusalem, get this little problem straightened out where they need to be circumcised to be saved. And notice who he's taken, Titus, a Greek. Not a Jew, a Greek. A Greek that is saved. And he's going to take Titus and set him down before all the board and all the pillars of the church at Jerusalem. And he said, I took Titus with me also. And I went up. By revelation. You see, these Judaizers like for folks at Jerusalem to think that they sent Paul up there so that the guys at Jerusalem could straighten Paul out. But Paul said, no, I went up by revelation. God wanted me to go. And I communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But privately, privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Paul said, I got the pillars of the church, the pastors of the church, Peter, James, and John, and privately I told them what I'd been preaching. Now notice, but neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. He said, I explained to the folks at Jerusalem how this fellow right here is a Gentile, a Greek, saved, but not circumcised. Now, Peter, James, and John, just ask Titus anything you'd like to ask about being saved. <laughs> Ain't that nice? That's great. So just, there he is, just shoot at him. And Jerusalem council now decided, verse 4, and that because of the false brethren unawares brought in, who came in private to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. So Paul said, some false brethren, you know what a false brethren is? It's a brother who says he's a brother who's not a brother. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. And he came in as a spy. Can you imagine that? As a spy. To spy out this gospel of liberty. This gospel that says you can eat catfish on any day of the week. You, you don't have to just eat cat. You just don't have to eat fish on Friday. Amen. And you don't have to be locked to the Sabbath worship. And uh, it's okay to say amen. You don't have to walk around in your pajamas. I don't know. On Sunday morning, as I sat in my office trying to study, I hear Jewish music coming through the wall. I don't know what Josh is singing. And I don't know what the choir is doing. 
But when I hear it, I automatically run to the wailing wall and begin to wail. These folks is trying to bring these Gentiles who got saved, was enjoying it, back into bondage of do, 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 do. In other words, women, you can't wear pants. Guys, you can't have hair touching your ears. If mine would grow, I'd let it grow to my waist. Don't you know it's a shame for a man to have long hair? But now, that's probably has a lot to do with geography and the direction in which it's pointed. I know one, I know one fellow who's got one hair two miles long, and he wraps it. Is that a sin? Maybe long hair on a man has to do with geography. Where on the head it's located. And the point in which it's directed. Bondage. Women, you can't wear that which pertaineth to a man. Well, the Bible, they wore skirts. You mean you women can't wear skirts? Bondage. Bondage. You can't go to the movie. Rent a DVD. It's more religious at home. And popcorn's a lot cheaper. Bondage. Bondage. Come in to spy out their liberty... Wanting them to be circumcised, wanting them back into bondage, don't want no more bondage. I had all of that whenever I serve in sin. And some of God's people still in bondage to the life of sin, trying to get over it, trying to ask the Holy Spirit to help them with it, trying to quit, trying to give it up, trying to act right, trying to keep their temper, trying to do it, trying, still trying. But for God's sake, let's not strap any more bondage on them than they got already. If the Son make you free, you shall be free indeed. And may I say to you tonight, and kids, you need to realize tonight, you've got a wonderful life in Jesus Christ. He does not want to put you in bondage. It's okay to think for yourself. It's all right. It's all right to be a free thinker inside the realm of God's book. And all of God's people said, so Jim, did I answer your question why they hate us so bad? It's not us. It's our message. It's a message of grace. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of liberty. It's a message of love. It's a message of grace. It's a message of hope. And to God be the glory. Great things he's done. Amen. You say, preacher, you didn't get anywhere. Well, good. We can start right in nowhere next week.
We're here to learn. We're not here to impress and make so many verses. Amen? We're here to, uh, to rightly divide the word of truth, that we might be workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, that the man of God may be always ready to give an answer for the hope that lieth within him. 